I'm excited to be with you here today, Higher Definition Church Online, continuing the service, uh, the series um, that I've been preaching on, which is where your treasure is, where your treasure is. I'm continuing that series. Uh, it's a third part out of a five part series where your treasure is. Uh, we've been just, you know, the Bible teaches that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so we've been kind of just evaluating what I, what we treasure and how we reconcile that with our relationships with God. And uh, and so it's been enlightening. It's been a blessing. Uh, and, and I just pray that it continues to build us up. Look, at HD Church, we exist to reach people and raise them up for life in Christ, to help everyone experience that life in HD. And so uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, just encourage you and challenge you in a way that will bless your life. Uh, and so with that in mind, I just want to thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you have an opportunity to do so, share this. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Uh, if you have an opportunity, share this. Share this service. Um, click share. Let somebody else know. Invite somebody else um, to partake in, to participate in, to be blessed by the worship service here, Higher Definition Church, the word that's going to be preached, the music that we sing, all of that. Um, encourage. Uh, so share. We ask you to share. Thank you for being here. Now invite somebody else. Uh, pull them up. Have them pull up in the digital seat beside you. Uh, beyond that, I want to thank those of you that serve. We are a church that um, has a passion for the community, for reaching the community, for serving and being a blessing to the community. And so I want to thank every single person that uh, continues to, when I present the opportunities, gather with us and serve, uh, whether it just be a HD thing or whether it be us with other ministries. Uh, and I also want to thank those of you that are givers, that tie, that offer, that um, give sacrificially so that we are able to, and not just sacrificially, but also cheerfully, uh, trusting that God's financial plan is better than anyone we can come up with and just confident that God ha has given to you so he can give through you. And it's those of you that are not only keeping us afloat, but I'm um, taking us higher and higher and putting us in a position where we'll be able to be blessed and be a blessing at a whole other level. All right. With that in mind, I want to jump into the message. The message for today, um, part three in the series, where your treasure is, I am going to start with the, a text in the Old Testament and then get back to our base text in Matthew chapter 6. And so I'm going to start you in the second book, the second book of the Old Testament, the second book of the Bible, which is Exodus. It's Genesis and then Exodus. And so the first, sorry, second book of the Bible, Exodus, we are, I'm reading from an NIV Bible um, we're, uh, or NIV translation of the Bible. We're going to be going to Exodus chapter 36, verses 1 through 7. Exodus chapter 36, verses 1 through 7. <clears throat> and it reads like this. So Bezalel, Aholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of the constructing of constructing the sanctuary or to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, 
The people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a testimony. Every church wish they had that testimony. Amen. And so we're going to go to the other text, um, the main text for this series, which is coming from Matthew chapter six, verses 19 through 21, excuse me, 19 through 24. But today we're going to read verses 21 through 24, verses 21 through 24, really picking up on our focus after verse 20, after 21 and verse 22. So Matthew chapter six, verses 21 through 24. All right. And it reads, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. And so two texts, uh, we're going to link them together and teach them a corresponding message, a supporting message for this series, uh, Where Your Treasure Is. And the title of today's message is Who's Serving Who? Who's Serving Who? Let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you and praise you. Lord, you are so wonderful. Um, you have woken us up this morning. You have blessed us. You have cared for us. You have protected us. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we glorify you for the fact that we are here this morning. We are, are just blessed and favored and forgiven. And we just um, just want to just espouse, just, just share our gratitude for the way that you love us. In the midst of this dark world, Lord, we thank you that you protected us, but we also, our hearts go out, Lord, as um, we still are dealing with issues not only in our own hearts and in our own minds and in our own homes, but in our communities, Lord. There um, is violence in our communities. There was a shooting on Friday near the school that I, the school area where I work in, Lord, and I, I, we know that there's continued rage and anger and, and evil that is, that is motivating and twisting your creation, Lord, and, and there are racially motivated and gender motivated killings and violence that are happening um, to African-Americans, to Asians, to women, Lord, and, and the world, even within the church, is rising up to justify evil. Lord, we just pray right now, Lord, that um, as we have this moment to come together, Lord, we pray for your comfort for those that are struggling. We pray for your comfort for those that are um, in the midst of the battles. We pray for your comfort, your direction, your guidance for your church so that we would respond appropriately time after time, consistently in a way that honors you and those that we should love. Our neighbor, our enemy, those that use us, those that support us, every person that you created in your image, Lord, You've called us to love. And so I pray that the body of Christ 
uh, would rebuke and fight against the image that's being painted of us um, in every community, Lord. And I pray that your spirit would just move through us, leading us and guiding us to a place of, of singular focus, where we're not serving our desires, where we're not serving our our hopes and our dreams, where we're not serving our twisted theologies, but we're just serving you and serving each other in love. Lord, let this message be spiritual nutrition and let us be willing to eat and digest. In Jesus' name, amen. Who's serving who? Just as just as an aside, uh, you know, we had the, the, the violence in uh, the Lansdowne Apartments, which is surrounds which is surrounded by three schools on this Friday. The three schools went into lockdown as the police swooped in trying to apprehend um, the 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 shooter. Uh, we've had we had the murder um, of the Asian well targeting the Asian businesses, murdering the Asian women, uh, and, and we've had a lot of talk about uh, violence against Asians in not in lieu of but in connection with the the hatred being spoken. Um, all connected to COVID or or really historically rooted because there's always been a reason to pick on minorities in America. Uh, and so we are, are praying for unity in Christ, not unity around any other idea, but unity for love in Christ. And so um, our, our heart goes out and it should go out. We should weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. And then we should, as believers, come together and examine ourselves. What can we do? Because this man that did this claim to be a believer, he's a baptized member of a church. Um, what can we do in the spiritual? What can we do in the natural so that God will be accurately represented in the world around us? And that's not my message topic for today. Um, but I do just want to say, like, I thank you. I thank God for you. Um, I thank God for you that you're with us today. I thank God in, in the midst of all of this difficulty, all of this challenge, all this frustration, all the rage that we see, um, all the arguments that are happening um, in the church, across denominations, across races in church. I just want to thank God for you. I thank God for you that you've allowed yourself and your family to be connected to Higher Definition Church. Um, I thank you that you've partnered with us in kingdom building for the glory of God, not Ernest Allman's kingdom, not the Allman family's kingdom, not even higher definition church's kingdom. But you've partnered with us to to build up in the work of God's kingdom. And so in my prayers, in my daily prayers, in my nightly prayers, in my along the day prayers, when you come to mind, I I plead for God to bless you. I plead for God to, to bless your heart, your mind, your family, to, to remove the oppression from you, to release you into the life that he's destined for you so that you could be aligned with him and honestly aligned with us. I want us to walk in agreement. I want us to walk together in faith. And so I pray that, that the vision that God has laid on us as a church and the people that he's put together, that we would be aligned so that and, and agreed and unified so that when people think about and look at Higher Definition Church, they have a reason to look to God. They have a reason to look with approval over our work, even if they disagree with our message. And so I pray. And today I stand confident of God's glory as much as I ever have been. I stand confident of his glory 
And as much as I ever have been, I stand confident of his work that he's doing in us. And how can I be so confident? It's because I thank God for his light, his light, his light, his salvation, his death and burial and resurrection, which we'll be celebrating for Easter. Resurrection Sunday It's because of him that we've been set free. In the world, for anyone that's watching, if you, you know, for any of us that have gone from death to life, for any of us that can call ourselves and know what it means to be saved, to say, I am redeemed, bought with a price, Jesus changed my whole life. For any of us that have that, that revelation, that clarity in our lives, what we can say is that we recognize and we, we, we have to be able to recognize this part that in the world we were slaves to sin. In the world, we were slaves to the darkness. And that's the darkness that Jesus is speaking about in Matthew chapter six. This darkness that, um, that pervades the world because uh, of the kingdom of the air, Satan and his work um, to deceive and, and to encourage us to redefine good and evil according to our mode and our designs and our desires, as opposed to honoring the definition that's laid out by the Lord. And so when we received salvation, we received deliverance from the darkness. And so then we could see and not just see the light, but become the light. In fact, Jesus says that we are like a city on a hill. You can't be hidden. We are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We are, it says in Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16, that that's who we are. And so believers in Christ Children of the living God, we are not just those that see the light and can see the light because of Christ. We we are the light. We are the body of Christ in the earth. And so now, like before we knew Christ, if before you know Christ, you don't have a choice. You're in the kingdom of darkness. You see darkness until Holy Spirit draws you through whatever means and whatever people and whatever circumstances. And until you receive Christ, once you've received Christ, you actually have a choice on a daily basis because Holy Spirit then lives inside you and your spirit and your flesh or your spirit and your mind are warring against each other for control. You have the ability to see things through the spirit. You have the ability to see things through the flesh. And so we have the ability to choose to see light. We can see things from a righteous perspective grounded in our faith in Christ. And that perspective is illustrated when he says here in this verse that if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of life. If the way we see the world is from a heavenly perspective, a holy perspective, a God filled, a faith filled perspective, well, then we'll see the light. But we can also, we have a choice to seek to see the darkness. God has given us a choice. The same way he gave Adam and Eve a choice is the same way that we have a choice. And so that is a sinful perspective grounded in our faith in things outside of Christ. And so if you look at the next verse, it said, but if your eyes are unhealthy, if your perspective is not one of righteousness, your whole body will be full of darkness. And so if the light within you is darkness, if the thing that fills your eyes, if the thing that fills your perspective is darkness, how great that darkness, how great that darkness. Here's a challenge. We have to live out our commitment. 
We're, it's, it's a war. One is fighting for control over the other. The spirit is fighting for control of the flesh. The flesh is fighting for control of the spirit. Um, they're all warring because they want control of our soul. They want our mind, our will, and our emotions bent to them. Um, my mind, my will, and my emotions, my desires, uh, my flesh wants them to just be fulfilled. My spirit wants them to be submitted to God. And so you have two that desire your allegiance, loyalty, and obedience. And so you're going to have to live out. a. am going to have to live out a commitment to one or the other. After all, the word teaches that we can't serve two masters. We can't serve God and money. We can't serve God and mammon. What is mammon? We can't serve God and money, the things that we can buy with money, the things that can make us comfortable about money, the money we can pass down, the money we keep in our accounts, the money that we use to take trips, the money we use for whatever. That is not, it, it, you can't serve that and serve God. That's exactly what he's saying here. I'm almost quoted, said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And some of us can say, well, you know, I don't have to despise God. God through Christ is saying very clearly, the one that you choose with your loyalty of time and treasure, that's the one you love. And by nature, you despise the other. And so he's not giving us a middle ground. It's okay. We need to we need to understand that some stuff is binary. There's not there's some stuff is like light and dark, right and wrong, yes and no. Um, and some stuff there's not no gray lines. There's no gray lines. And so God isn't giving us a choice here. Christ is saying that you are going to either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. There's no in between. And so when it comes down to our treasure, the question is who's serving who? Who's serving who? Now, there's no sin in having money. In fact, the Bible teaches that money is the answer is an answer for everything. You need food, you got money, you can get some food. Um, you need clothing, you got some money, you can get some clothing. You need somewhere to stay, you got money, you can get somewhere to stay. It's an answer for everything. Every practical need, money is an answer for it. But the question is, it's a famous old questions. Do you, do you make the money or does the money make you? Are you defined by your treasure or are you defined by Christ? You know, it's an easy way. And this is, this can be tough for any of us. Um, but there's an easy way to determine whether you are defined by your treasure or whether you're defined by Christ. We just need to ask the people around you. If I asked, if you asked the people that are around you, if we examined your bank statements, if we looked at your assets, what would they say about how you're defined? If you can ask five people that you know and that know you well, what defines you and their top answer or one of their top answers isn't your faith in Christ, well, then you know something about what you portray. Um, and I'm talking about real pe people that you really know. I'm not necessarily talking about coworkers or some, you know, your, you know, your favorite barista. No, I'm talking about people that know you. If there are people that know you and you ask them, um, what defines me? If your faith in Christ or your love of God is not one of the top answers, well, then we, that brings up the question, well, who is serving who? Where is my loyalty? 
Where's my loyalty? Is my loyalty to the things and experiences I can gain in this world? Is my loyalty to the Lord? You know, what we have to understand when it comes to money and the things it can buy is that money is a resource, but not a master. We can't just be motivated by money. We can't think that we can uh, Scrooge McDuck this thing and go for swimming our money like on old school ducktails and just think everything's going to be okay. That that's just not life. If that was life, then why would you ever see rich people upset? Why would rich people ever be depressed? Why would rich people ever have addiction if simply having more and more money was the answer to our problems? If it was the, the thing that could bring us peace and joy? Well, we know if we really think about it, that it's not. Amen. Money is not the answer to all the problems going on the inside. No, that's Jesus. Amen. Say it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Money is a resource. It's not a master. But sometimes we treat money like a master and we treat God as a resource. And so we've got it all twisted. What we need to understand is that we don't sacrifice God at the altar of our treasure. What we do is we sacrifice our treasure at the altar of our God. Amen. God isn't against treasure. I just I just want to continue to reiterate that God is not anti wealth. He made Solomon wealthy beyond his wildest dreams because he didn't ask for it. <laughs> Solomon asked for wisdom when God said, I'll give you whatever you want. Solomon asked for wisdom to rule. And the Lord answered him, said, since you haven't asked for wealth or riches, I'm going to give you what you asked for wisdom, but I'm also going to give you wealth and riches. So obviously God is not against wealth. In fact, he can be glorified by wealth. He can be glorified by our resources. He can be glorified by our materials. He can be glorified by our money. God can be glorified by our treasure. And so if I go back and I look at the book of Exodus, what I see here is God giving instructions. If I go back to Exodus 35, actually, Exodus chapter 35, I see God giving instructions to build a tabernacle for worship. OK, build a tabernacle. Um, so for the proper exercise of worship of him. So he's he's leading the people to construct this building um, for him. OK, uh, and really for them, of course, but for his presence to reside with them, which is, of course, for their benefit. Uh, and so he gives those instructions and then he commands his people to make an offering to uh, Moses, well, Moses makes the command for an offering to be made uh, for the building of this tabernacle. Okay. And so it's an offering of physical treasure or physical labor. And so I want to go back to Exodus chapter 35 real quick and just read what Moses says so we can get a proper context. Uh, I'm sacrificing some time here, but I really think it's important for us to get the whole picture. So I'm going to read Exodus chapter five, verses 30, verse 35, verses um, four through 19, um, where Moses makes this command four through 19. It starts. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, all the chosen people of God, this is what the Lord has commanded from what you have. Take an offering for the Lord. Powerful statement. He said, from what you have, didn't expect anybody to give beyond what they had. Um, 
He says, from what you have, take an offering to the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. I want to stop again. It says, everyone who is willing, everyone who is willing. And so he's saying, I, I'm not expecting you to give something that you don't have. And I want, I want people that are willing. This isn't something under compulsion. I'm not enslaving you. I'm giving you a choice and I want you to choose me. Everyone who is willing to bring the, to the Lord an offering of gold, silver and bronze, blue, purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red and another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and the breastpiece. All who are skilled. So let's talk about treasure, physical treasure. Now he's getting into um, labor. All who are skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle with its tent and its coverings, clasps, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases. The ark with its poles and the atonement cover and the curtain that shields it. The table with its poles and all its articles and the bread of the presence. The lampstand that is for light with its accessories, lamps and oils for the light, the altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, the curtain for the doorway at the entrance to the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering with its bronze grating, its poles and all its utensils, the bronze basin with its stand, the curtain to the courtyard with its post and bases, then the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the tent pegs for the tabernacle and for the courtyard and their ropes, the woven garments worn for ministering in the sanctuary, both the sacred garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests. He's saying, bring it. Bring all your stuff, like for everyone from what you have and for everyone that's willing, bring it, your stuff and your labor for the building of this tabernacle. He commanded and so what he's saying here, and this is getting back to that, who's serving who? Like, are you, is your, are, is your, are you serving your treasure or is your treasure serving you? God is basically through Moses here and through us today um, is saying, everyone who's willing, show me your heart. Wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. Right now you got opportunity, show me your heart. And so what happens? This, I'm going to continue reading. Um, because God's command here is for free will offerings, cheerful giving for people that know him to give because they want to. And so let's see what happens. Verse 20. We're going to read verse 20 and finish up this chapter. Oh, well, part of this chapter. Um, it says 20. The, then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses's presence. So Moses lays it down. They leave. And everyone who was willing and whose heart moved then came excuse me, and whose heart moved them, came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting for all its service and for the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, um, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings and ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. Everyone who had blue, purple or scarlet yarn or fine linen or goat hair, ram skins, dyed red or other or the other durable leather brought them. Those presenting an offering of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord. And everyone who had acacia wood for any part of the work brought it. 
Every skilled woman spun with her hands and brought what she had spun, blue, purple, or scarlet yarn or fine linen. And all the women who were willing and had the skill spun the goat hair. The leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod, the ephod and the breastpiece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord freewill offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. It was powerful. You know what's powerful about that to me is that it is clear that it was the willing that gave of their treasure for the Lord's work. It's the ones whose hearts were with their Lord. They're the ones that were like, okay, well, I got it. You said you want it for this purpose, given it. And so, they chose a kingdom investment of their resources rather than keeping their resources for their own enjoyment. Um, and then it goes on to uh, talk about how others are appointed and anointed to lead the physical work. But all of this takes place. All of this donation is only made possible because they saw the light. Those who are willing and able, they gave generously. Those who were committed to the work, they reported honestly. There was no greed or hoarding. Uh, once they realized what they were getting, none of them said, okay, well, let's stash some of this to the side because we're not going to need all this. No, what they did does they went to Moses and said, yo, Moses, <laughs> woo, <laughs> we got enough. In fact, not only did they have enough, there was more than enough. They had to stop people. They had to stop them from bringing in more free will by their choice offerings. Let's look and see what it says here. It says in verses four through seven, I'm, I'm, I'm back to chapter 36. Um, and thank you for bearing with me for um, chapter 35. Y'all still with me? Say amen. Amen. All right. This excites me because this is the Lord's work. And what do we do as a church? The Lord's work. And so um, in verse four, chapter 36, it says, so all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work, all the work. There was more than enough. They had to stop people from giving. They were so committed to the cause God had set before them that they were bringing and bringing and bringing to the like, whoa, ho, ho, ho. that's enough. We have more than enough to do what God has called us to do. That's a powerful, powerful testimony. Can you imagine just being able to have that testimony about the church that we had to stop y'all and say, hey, folks, we got more than enough. We, we we'll continue to use it wisely. but We got more than enough now. I just want to close out with this 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 point, like that God was glorified through their wealth, their riches, their stuff because of their heart to give G.I.V.E. Give G. They all they each that were willing, they evaluated their gain, their treasure, 
What had they gained? What had they picked up? What had they accumulated? They evaluated their gain. On their way out of Egypt, they took some stuff. They didn't leave empty-handed, so they evaluated their gain. I, they then evaluated the inside. They evaluated their hearts, their intent. Who was willing to give? Not just who had it to give, but who was willing to give. Then V, they volunteered their treasure. They didn't have to beat them down. Moses didn't have to come chase after them. He didn't have to threaten them with a curse. He said, whoever's willing. And so those that had the right and righteous intent, they volunteered their treasure. And then E, as a result, they met every need, every requirement, every need, every requirement. This perspective that we see right here is the same perspective that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, um, discussing generosity and sowing and reaping. And it's in, in verse 7 in particular, he says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So what's this mean? It means that the command goes out and to those who are willing cheerfully give. For those that are unwilling, you have that choice. and But you also have to reconcile what that choice means. If you have and you don't give, you have or you stingily give, who's serving who? You know, your faithfulness, I'm coming to a close now, your faithfulness to give generously supplies the needs of the church in the same way it supplied the needs for the church and the, the Levites, their entire lifestyle, the priests and Levites, their entire lifestyle was subsidized by the offerings. In the New Testament, it teaches the same thing. In the New Testament, it teaches that those that give the gospel, those that feed um, people by teaching and caring for their souls are to be provided for by the people they serve. It's the same thing. It's taught Old Testament and New Testament. Um, and of course, just like Paul says, not everyone that's entitled to that takes advantage of those rights uh, for whatever reason. I am a bivocational pastor. I am obviously not pulling all of my um, life's income from uh, pastoring. Uh, and so that just is what it is. Some of us labor and we continue, we labor in the workforce and we continue to labor in the ministry. Um, but what he's saying here is that and what, what is being illustrated and it's illustrated over and over in the word and over and over in real life that your faithfulness to give generously is what supplies the needs of the church. And it's what inspires others to honor and praise God, because what they see is you being faithful and they see it making things happen in other people's lives. And that inspires them to take God more sincerely as well. It's a powerful thing. <sighs> So I want to take a second. I want to pray, but then I have one more thing to share to wrap this message up. Lord God, I want to thank you and I want to praise you. I want to bless your name. Um, I want to pray right now for each and every one of us who have been serving another master. For each and every one of us who are committed to you, but that commitment has been clouded and distracted and, and not anchored in 
surrendering all of ourselves to you. I want to pray for those of us that have been stingy, um, those of us that haven't placed you first in our finances and our resources. I want to pray for an increased faith for those of us that have continued to try to do these things our way, redefining financial wisdom um, and redefining wealth building in our own terms and in the terms of the world rather than in kingdom principle. Lord, I pray for a change of heart. I don't pray for their condemnation. I pray for their forgiveness. I pray for their repentance. I pray for our unification and faith that we may walk by faith and see that we have more than enough to do all the work you've called us to do. Save our souls and then save us from ourselves and lead us and guide us in a way so that we can walk faithfully with Christ as his representation on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So with these last few minutes, this is what I want to say. Today, today we're calling on everyone with a willing heart. High Definition Church has been an online church for a full year now. We were previously meeting at Terry Parker High School um, in Arlington. And prior to that, we were meeting at Jacksonville um, Seventh-day Adventist Church on the west side. Um, the Lord has laid on our hearts to remain in the Arlington area. And so we've entered into a lease with the, in, in a building that is in the Arlington area, a small facility that can do more, can meet our needs and more. Uh, it, but the building needs renovation. It needs remodeling. Much of it, well, some of it is outdated and it needs to be brought up to code. Uh, and so we need to have a building that needs renovation and we have a God-sized vision for what is going to happen with that building. And I'm going to share a little bit of you of it. Like when I look two, three years into the future, this is what I see. I see that our church at this location will have further deepened our roots in the immediate community in Arlington, having a thriving college ministry at Jacksonville University, which is a stone's throw away, as well as functioning partnerships with other nonprofits, which we've already begun um, through Revitalize Arlington and some of the other partnerships we have, um, as well as allowing other groups to utilize our space to serve the needs of the community during the week, not just on Sundays. I'm, I'm believing that we'll have a grant funded after school program and that we'll be able to provide summer camp programs, educational summer summer camps, enrichment camps for the youth of our community that we're going to be near. Um, I believe that that'll happen by the time that we're in our second or third year at this location. And I believe that by that time we will be ready to move on to another location. But that location will remain as a community center right in the heart of Arlington so that we can continue to serve and partner in that community far beyond the time that Higher Definition Church occupies that space. I believe that people that have rejected the church in the past will call Higher Definition Church home. They'll see themselves reflected in who comes there and how we lead, but they'll see themselves redeemed, saved, sanctified, baptized in water, filled with Holy Spirit, loving the Lord, lives transformed. That is what we're believing we will have as a base. That is what we are believing will be brought about once we finally occupy this building. 
but we can't do that alone. We need your assistance. I need your help. We need your help to raise about $60,000 for the renovation. $60,000 for the renovation. Well, why $60,000? In a market where right now construction costs are rising rapidly, we believe that $60,000 um, will cover all of the construction costs that we need. Um, we already have enough to put down a down payment on getting everything started, but we believe an additional $60,000, raising $60,000, will put the cap on everything and it will be all that we need. And so the question is, well, how are we going to do it? Well, God is going to provide. God will provide for whatever he is instructed. And so we believe that we're following the instruction of the Lord. We're following the will of the Lord. And so we believe he will provide a through us and he'll provide to us. And so when I think about providing through us, I'm asking everyone who considers themselves a part of the high definition church family for the next 60 to 90 days to for each person to commit to giving extra, whether that be on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, to look at your finances. And if you don't give a tenth, I, I pray that you would go up a percent, go up a percent, um, strive to give to the tenth, Try, strive to give a tithe. Um, challenge yourself if you have the heart to see God move in your finances. You have the heart to see what God can do when you truly lay out um, your resources for his work, for kingdom work, for treasure in heaven. I'm praying that you would for the next 60 to 90 days, join us, join me, join my family in giving beyond what you normally give in your tithes and offerings through us. But in addition through us, I'm asking everyone to um, ask everyone, you know, <laughs> ask your people. Don't just because it's not it's it's going to take more than just our pockets it's going to take our hands and reach. And we're going to have to ask people that we know. And so the church was founded in 2015. Uh, our public services started in 2015. So I'm saying ask everybody, you know, to sow $15. So $15 um, via Cash App, Dallas Sign Higher Deaf Church toward the build campaign. So you can use build as the, the memo. And that's through us. Now to us. I want you to understand at first we are working with contractors and our landlord trying to negotiate a degree of financial support or relief from our landlord. Uh, and so that's an in progress process. Um, but in addition to that, God has been faithful. We have built relationships with other ministries and some of those ministries have already stepped up to say that they'll support us financially. Um, in fact, we've already been identified by Pastor Tommy Colonin and Crossover Church as a church, as a church plant, that's what we are, that they are going to support um, in in their efforts. And so they'll be giving us $2,500 toward our renovation effort. Um, in fact, they're going to be presenting it the week after Easter to us um, as a blessing, as part of their giving initiative. They want to support other church plants. Uh, and so that's one of the things that they're going to be doing. But in addition to that, Bishop George Davis of Impact Church um, has also promised us that he would, that the, their church, not just he, but the church, the Impact Church in Jacksonville would match up to $10,000 that we raise on our own. So we're asking, we're believing God for a total of 60,000. Let me just break that down for you. Make sure you understand it. Once we raise 10,000 amongst ourselves, 
it instantly will double to 20. It instantly will double to 20 because Bishop Davis and Impact Church have promised that they will match us $10,000 of donations. And so I'm asking that we bring together our resources and leverage our networks to see God's glory manifest through the establishment of a physical location, higher definition church in Jacksonville, in the Arlington community. I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to seek the Lord. I'm asking you to hear from him. I'm asking you to cheerfully give to see his kingdom flourish. I am asking for you to stand with us, united, not a servant of your money, but committed that, you're, you, that you would use your money to serve God, that you would use your resources to serve God, that you would use your treasure and store up treasure in heaven. Help us be a blessing to the community. Help us fulfill the next step in the vision that God has laid on our hearts. And I will be ecstatic to share with you the work that God does in getting us to that number of 60,000, getting this renovation completed, and then getting us in this building so it can be a home base for the community work and the kingdom work that God has already begun to lay out for us to do. And so I want to close with one more prayer. And I'm just excited. I don't know. I don't know the formula that God's going to use to get us everything that we need. But I'm confident that God is going to do it. And I'm asking for everyone willing to be ready to celebrate now. Because your cheerful giving your cheerful leveraging of your resources, your friends, your family, your networks and connections is going to result in the saving of lives, the saving of souls, the blessings of families, the feeding of households, because we'll be able to center all of that based in our new location. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, I want to thank you and praise you for the opportunity we have this next 60 to 90 days to come together as a ministry, to come together as people serious about you and serious about your work, sincere in our desire to see you glorified, hoping based on you and you alone, not based on the stock market, not based on gas prices, not based on what's in our bank accounts, but based on you. We are praying, we are praying, we are praying. You have brought us to this point and you are going to bring us all the way through. We love you, Lord. We thank you in advance. We are celebrating now and we will celebrate even more as we see the time approaching. I just can't wait to see your to see you validating our faith. Just glorify you right now in Jesus name. Bless us as we go out into our weeks. Bless us as we study your word and relate to each other and relate to you. Lord, be with us, strengthen us, bless us. Bless this church, bless this family, bless this city and this community. In Jesus' name, amen.